which player in the fourth round of your rookie drafts could wind up being a massive steal? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Kate Magic. Follow her on Twitter at Kate Magic. Kate, today we are talking about the fourth round of your Superflex rookie drafts. Uh, let's just go ahead and start off. Who is your favorite value in this round? I actually think this is like one of my favorite rounds of rookie drafts because I do think there are a lot of values. Like, right, throughout this entire week, we've been breaking down values. We've been breaking down, like, players that might be reaches. I don't really think there are that many reaches in this range. But I, I think out of everybody in terms of opportunity, in terms of just, you know, overall draft position it's got to be brenton strange right tight end drafted to jacksonville 22 years old uh drafted in the second round which i think was a big surprise like it, you know I, I think he was projected probably to be closer to like a uh you know a fourth round pick maybe sure. but jacksonville reached on this guy six four 253 pounds uh coming out of penn state and the most interesting thing for me is a um, the willingness to, I think, reach uh, and but also team fit, right? Like looking at uh, the Jaguars and what they're able to do, specifically what Doug Peterson is able to do and has historically done with the tight end position. You know, there's a lot of potential value there. Evan Ingram on a one year franchise tag. Like, not sure if if they'll get that long-term deal done. But if they don't, guess what? You have Brenton Strange, who uh not the best run blocker. He's he's decent in pass protection. But, like, I, I think where he could slot in is as a receiver. And what better offense than the Jaguars under Doug Peterson? I think that's the player that probably has the most – I mean, he definitely has the most draft capital, without a doubt, right? It's just – do you see Brenton Strange as a, a project who needs like multiple years, or do you see him as a, a potential replacement for Evan Ingram, or is he somebody that's going to play with Evan Ingram? I don't know, but I do like the idea of I'm getting a second round pick in the NFL draft on an offense with a quarterback we we like a lot in Trevor Lawrence. It's it's not a bad way to go, Kate. This is like I I think there are just there are worst ways to there are worse ways to construct your offense, and the thing about Brenton Strange, you're not you're you're not expecting immediate production. He's not refined like a Michael Mayer. Um, he's not, you know, I think as nearly as well-rounded. He mm -hmm. wasn't as productive uh, as a receiver, but I, I think he's got a lot of physical tools. He's a decent athlete um, and the opportunity is there, but like in terms of um, taking a shot on a player, yes, follow draft capital, follow potential opportunity. And I mean, let's be honest, we're not, we're not really, expecting these tight ends to be productive right off the bat. Um, and I do think that that sort of benefits Brenton Strange uh, 
here a bit and uh, giving him the benefit of the doubt here in the fourth round. Yeah, I, I like that call. For me, it's it's Michael Wilson, right, who's yes. at the very top of this draft, right? Wide receiver 14, he's coming off 38th overall on the board. Um, I He's one of these guys, if he was able to stay healthy in college, which he didn't, I think he had a chance to be a second-round pick. I Frankly, I'm shocked that he went in the third round. I, I, I'm shocked. I thought that was going to be somebody who – was going to fall to the fifth or sixth round because of the medicals. And he didn't. And that makes me feel good that maybe the Cardinals and other teams around the league believe he's healthy. He's had just a string of bad luck because he is, a, he's a playmaker and we saw him at the senior bowl and I hate to overrate the senior bowl too much, but he was really, really productive at the senior bowl. And he's got that size that we like over six foot two over 210 pounds and Kate, let's look at the, the wide receiver situation for the Cardinals right now. It's DeAndre Hopkins, who wants traded, right? It's Hollywood Brown, who's 5'9", 170 pounds, uh, who we'll see what happens with Hollywood. And then it's a bunch of short guys and Rondale Moore and Greg Dorch. Remember, A.J. Green retired this offseason. So while there might not be a lot of opportunity right away, I could see him being one of their starting outside receivers in 2024. And if you can get that in the fourth round, why not? Yeah, I, I've i been grabbing Michael Wilson. I think uh, I have him in almost every rookie draft that I've uh, completed so far. Um, the nice thing, he's got that size component, which is something it, just across the board this class is lacking. Uh, like just under 6 to 213 pounds. Um you know, a, a solid athlete. He's just an, an all-around good player. And I do think that senior bowl performance uh, is definitely what tipped him over the edge. Um, posted 76 yards in that outing. and But I think it's like the, the workouts throughout the week uh, yes. showed what Michael Wilson can do. And, you know, like it, the injury history, super, super unfortunate. Uh, he's played just 14 total games over the last three years. Like, that's not good. Um, but, like, the interesting thing is, like, you, you look at uh, the injury in 2020, right? Had a, mm-hmm. a foot fracture. Then he refractured that foot right after getting medical clearance. Like, that's some bad luck. Yes. Like, hopefully, it, if he's gotten medical clearance on that and he's fully healthy, which I'm assuming he is because we saw him at the Senior Bowl, um, and he's he's now got some draft capital to back it up, um, I, I think – like there are much worse players in this range yes. to take a shot on uh, than Michael Wilson. All right. Let's talk about some players that we think are a little overvalued. And I, I know that's hard to believe that there's players in the fourth round that can be overvalued, but there certainly is. Uh, and I see a couple of names that are just jumping right out to me. Let's get to those guys next. This episode is brought to you by built bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and the calories then you need to try the best-tasting protein bar ever. It's Built Bar. You've got to try this. If you're like me and you're trying to make a little bit healthier snack choices as we get into summer, but you don't want to compromise on the taste, we've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they're so good for you. You're not even gonna, They're so tasty. You're not even going to know that they're good for you. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real dark chocolate. And they come in so many unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while only having 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 
but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box. You can still go to built.com, order as many boxes as you want over there. But if you live near Walmart, run into the pharmacy section, grab a four-bar box of the cookies and cream, the double chocolate, or the coconut puff. Or if you live near a Sam's Club, like I do, love Sam's Club, uh, go in, grab a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter puff and churro puff, and you can thank us later. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty Football your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, Kate and I are going to be answering your Twitter questions, so make sure you send them in to us. Kate, let's get back to some of the players in the fourth round that are a little bit overvalued. Who sticks out to you? This, Marcus, this is like a really hard range because I kind of like all the values here. I think overall, uh, probably the one name that jumps off the page is Chris Rodriguez uh, running back for the Washington Commanders. And like for me, this doesn't necessarily come down to the player, right? It comes down to the fact that uh, this is – not an offense that I want to invest in. This isn't an offense that I think has a, a really clear and and concise long-term direction as to how they're building this team. Um, I, I think overall, I'm just not, it, it feels like a, a sort of wasted pick for me. Like it, it I, I don't want to invest in this offense, period. Like I, it, I get it. I I the, it's not, I, it's not I can't even come up with like great reasons about about Rodriguez. Like it, it's well, there's just so many players right now blocking him. It's not an offense that we project to be in the red zone a lot. And even when they are, they have Brian Robinson, who they just drafted, I believe, in the third round last year. I don't know. It just it's when you're drafting a player that went into the sixth round of the NFL draft and a running back who's going to turn 24 before the season starts, I think there's a good chance that he doesn't even make the Washington commanders team. And at that point, you're just kind of blowing a, you know, a fourth round pick, which again, that happens in in these kind of leagues. Anyways, you're taking a shot at a running back, but there's just other situations and other players that would rather gamble on that spot than Chris Rodriguez. Yeah. I I think like, I understand the, the sort of pathway to opportunity, right? Cause you're looking at the commanders and you're like, well, this backfield kind of feels wide open. Like Brian Robinson. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like has an amazing story. Hasn't always been super productive though. We did see, uh, I think some improvements there over the last season. Now it like you you have Antonio Gibson, who's, you know, presumably not going to be on this offense long-term. Like I understand the pathway to production. It's just a, what do those touches mean for a, a guy in this offense? Um, like how much, how many points are this? They're going to be yep. scoring. How many red zone opportunities are they going to be? Like, it feels like, you know, Rodriguez is a backup running back and, um, you know, maybe he'll be, he'll be all right. Uh, like you want him to, to help round things out, but it just doesn't feel like, um, you know, one of these high upside picks yep. that is, is going to be worth a whole lot. Even if he does say, get, you know, an opportunity for carries. All right. Uh, Mine. Stretching the hands out a little bit because we're going in on this player. Who in the Uh world is drafting Stetson Bennett at 42 overall (laughs) in QB6? Let's let's just play this out. First of all, let's talk about the prospect. Most sports books, including FanDuel, 
had him at like even odds to be drafted at all. And the Rams reached on him in the fourth round. Okay. He's a, he's going to be 26 during his rookie season. He's been arrested multiple times. He's also a sub six foot sub 200 pound quarterback in an offense that I think is going to be pretty awful this year who they have a starting quarterback in Matt Stafford. If Matt Stafford isn't healthy and Stetson Bennett has to play, it likely means the Rams are going to be drafting inside the top five next year, which means they're going to be drafting another quarterback, right? A franchise quarterback who's not going to be Stetson Bennett. I think the hope is that he could be a Baker Mayfield type of quarterback, which we happened to see last year with the Rams. And did you ever want to start Baker Mayfield uh, in your super flex leagues last year? Absolutely not. So I, I just don't see the upside here at all. I would much, much rather gamble on Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's going seven picks later, who has the the athletic profile that we're looking for. He has five years of college production. He completed over 70% of his passes the final year uh, with UCLA. And listen, Deshaun Watson was not very good last year. Maybe there's a chance that Robinson could get in, Thompson-Robinson could get in, uh, on the field sooner rather than later. We know that he can make he can make plays with his legs. I just thought there was a massive tear gap between the two players as prospects, and I can't believe they're being drafted this far apart right now. Yeah, I, like the thing about Stetson Bennett, like it, I think the the Rams were in a position where they said, it, you know, we we want a guy that you know maybe has the head on his shoulders that if if time comes up where he needs to step in. They saw some injuries with Matt Stafford. Like I think Stetson Bennett is a fine backup, but like if you're asking him to actually shoulder the load and lead your offense, you're banking on him being a massive outlier in terms of his age, in terms of his size. Like he's not like, it's like the hope that he's case Keenum. Like, is that honestly the hope? Like, and if you're drafting that guy, is is he just, burning a spot on your roster because you're never even in the most ideal situation you're not playing this guy even in your super flex leagues yeah i, I like you mentioned uh you know the 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 idea of you know it, maybe he becomes like a baker mayfield type baker mayfield is a guy that i didn't want anywhere near any of yes. my fantasy rosters even when he's playing at his best yes he is not productive for fantasy and that i think it, you know is one of those areas where you kind of have to separate yourself from the narratives surrounding these players and say, okay, we're talking fantasy, not real life. And like Stetson Bennett, great story. Congrats on, on your ring, my man. But there are so many things that would make Stetson Bennett an outlier if you were to be successful. And like, if I'm banking on an outlier, I'd prefer an outlier that, you know, maybe doesn't have so many outliers. Right. And the thing with like DTR again, who is going seven picks later is he's two full years younger. He's a better runner in an offense. I just think is going to be better for the foreseeable future, right? There's just more talent in Cleveland than there is in Los Angeles right now. Do you think that like, perhaps like, I think one of the, the notes about Stetson Bennett didn't have a like stellar 40 time by uh, four, six, seven, like pretty good. But um, I, I think there was a general consensus that he could have run faster. Maybe he uh, 
I don't know, tanked his 40 times. So he's not labeled as this, uh, you know, like the, the athletic mobile quarterback. I don't believe it. Are people buying into the idea that maybe he could, you know, like we know runners can be a, a cheat code for fantasy. Like, no, 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 no. We just, we don't want any part of Stetson Bennett. Please do not, please do not spend the 42nd pick in your super flex drafts on Stetson Bennett. Take an upside pick like Brenton Strange, who Kate mentioned. Take DTR seven picks later, or just trade it for future draft capital, right? If you can trade your fourth round pick for a third round pick next year, please do that rather than burning a pick on Stetson Bennett. I promise that one's not going to work out. Kate, there is one more name on this list that I have some thoughts on and who I'm of all the players on this list, all 12 guys, there's one guy that I want to pick more than anybody else. Tell you who, who that is next. All right, Kate, finishing up with our round four super flex rookie draft. And the name that I've kind of circled is Tyler Scott, who's going as the wide receiver 15 right now, 41st overall in super flex leagues. I don't think he's going to play at all this year. So that's that's one of the hard parts about drafting him is where do you draft a receiver that might not play a single snap? I don't know. But if the you answer look, is you probably don't, by the you, way, because he's probably going to be on your dynasty waivers. And, right. And maybe that's yeah. the answer, right? You, you just wait. However, let's take a look at this Chicago situation, just how this roster could be different at this time next year, right? We've got Darnell Mooney on the final year of his contract, I kind of get the sense that they're probably not going to bring him back. We'll see. They've got Chase Claypool on the final year of his contract. It doesn't feel like they bring back both of those guys. Maybe they bring back one, right? And to me, you probably bring back, excuse me, you probably bring back Chase Claypool because he offers, you know, some size, right? Where Scott is the guy that really looks like, Darnell Mooney on the field. And maybe you can just replace Mooney's speed with Tyler Scott. I kind of think Tyler Scott in a year could be one of their starting outside receivers. Yeah. It, Tyler Scott productive out of Cincinnati finished his final season, 904 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, and yeah, like productive despite the small stature, he provides that speed to your offense. So yeah, if he's, if this team isn't planning on bringing back Darnell Mooney, I, I, there's no, um, probably player in this range where you might be happier than Tyler Scott. Uh, you know, I, I think the, this, like the most concerning thing, it's of course the size. Um, and we know like, but Darnell Moody's small, like Darnell Moody's small and it like he was utilized in this offense and, you know, the, the good thing about these speedy guys, uh, sometimes all it takes is to get the ball in their hands, right. And, and allow them to break one off. But um, like, he's not overly refined, but that speed just adds an element to his game that um, I think in time could really prove out to be um, something special for the bears. The only question I have in drafting him in this range feels like again like you mentioned if he doesn't see a lot of playing time year one is he a guy that I'm going to be able to comb up on my waivers and you know but that might be true for all these guys like these are players that probably unless an injury occurs aren't going to be stepping into 
an immediate role in their offenses. So we we went over the most likely situation with Tyler Scott that he's buried on the depth chart this year, and then maybe next year he competes for the wide receiver three job, right? What if the best case scenario happens, which I could see him just being awesome in training camp in the preseason because he has so much speed. And maybe that's when Chicago's like, you know what? This guy's too good to, to keep off the field. Why don't we flip Darnell Mooney for a third round pick to Philadelphia, who's in a win now window, right? We get Tyler Scott on the field. We get the next four years of cheap production and we can pick up a third round pick and kind of keep building, you know, our war tr- chest of assets I won't be shocked if we see something like that happen if Tyler Scott does have a really, really good mini camp and training camp. I mean, that's that's very well within the the realm of possibility. If there's a team that uh, is going to look at Darnell Mooney as a potential long-term asset, it, yeah, maybe you throw uh, a little draft capital the Bears' way and and you know get him and and get him involved in your offense. Um, Interesting. It's the bears are in a really interesting spot right now. Like we should also mention they can go anyway. Yeah. And we should also mention they drafted Bayless Jones in the third round, I believe in 2022, they brought back Equinemia St. Brown. So they've got a lot of receivers at some point. They're just not going to be able to bring back all of these guys and they're going to have to make a choice. So if Scott is close enough to Mooney, Maybe that's where you you make a move now rather than waiting to next offseason when you're just going to lose him in free agency. Like, get some kind of draft capital. Uh, but again, that's that's pie in the sky, best case scenario for Tyler Scott. More than likely, he's going to be a depth receiver on this team with the idea that maybe he can contribute in 2024. But when you're in the fourth round of your rookie draft, you're just looking for guys that could potentially get on the field and carve out a role. And I think Tyler Scott can do it. Now I have one more question before we close out today's show. Cause I know there's uh, a lot of people wondering what to do with Sean Tucker running back out of Syracuse uh, went undrafted signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but went undrafted because of these medical concerns. So I just wanted to, to get your feel Marcus. You are the, my, uh, my favorite NFL insider. Um, what based on like what you've heard and, and the narrative around him falling out of the draft, like is he worth a flyer or is it a burn pick? It's probably a burn pick at that spot. The NFL for the most part gets the injury related guys, right? Like there's just not too often that guys fall out of the top 150 picks because of an injury. And then all of a sudden get healthy in the NFL, right? Like that just doesn't happen. And Sean Tucker didn't even sign an undrafted free agent contract that was overly massive, which tells you a lot. So I think he's competing to maybe be on the practice squad. Maybe, maybe, maybe gets to be the fourth running back on the active roster. But I I would rather use that pick elsewhere on a running back with a little bit more upside. All right. That, that answers my question then. Sorry. I, we like Sean Tucker. It's just... It's an unfortunate situation. Yeah, it undrafted running backs typically have a hard time staying on rosters anyways. Teams are always trying to replace that guy, so better it's off not taking just, that. It's yeah. not just the lack of draft capital. It's the reason for the lack yes, of draft capital. Absolutely. Uh, I'd rather take a shot on Xavier Hutchinson, who we didn't even mention, who big-bodied receiver who could potentially play in the slot for Houston. So 
That is it for today's show. We did all four rounds of your Superflex rookie drafts. It was a lot of fun. Make sure you go check out the previous episodes of the show if you missed any of them. Tomorrow, Kate, you and I, for the Everyday Guys, we're going to be talking about uh, your Twitter questions. So make sure that you send them in to me at Marcus underscore Mosher. We're going to get through as many as we can. Go uh, go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Locked on Dynasty podcast. Go check us out on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you guys next time.